I am here today with Cara Marziali. Is that Marziali, right? It's Cara Marziali. Oh, okay, car, uh, let me do it as a car. Like you're driving a car. That's, I had to underline that. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking with Cara. Redo. <laughs> Take two. And Cara Marziali, a regional theater diva. And uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, okay. Um, but let, so let's, first of all, it's so good to see uh, Cara and I go way back to, uh, and now it seems like forever, of course, to a play, a uh, stage reading of a amazing play called 2000 Nichols. And we did it as a, a kind of a different stage reading than ones that I've been involved with before. We were up and around and moving. Several show-off actors were memorizing their dialogue, uh, not even using the script. But it was done um, at the uh, uh, Contemporary Theater uh, Company down in Wakefield a couple of years ago. First of all, the play was written by Peg Brochu and the music by her son, John. And uh, it was about a Vietnam War veteran dying of Agent Orange-induced cancer and how he was trying to tie up his, his life loose ends, ending up, of course, like a lot of uh, veterans do, going back to Vietnam uh, and uh, picking up some, some loose uh, threads back there. Um, the, one of the also unusual things in this was something I had never done before, helping put something together from scratch. And we, uh, Peg and I, you know, we didn't have a theater. So we just, you know, we rehearsed in her living room and, uh, and, uh, and she fed us and that was pretty good. <laughs> and um, so we had to find the actors and that. We all tapped the people that we knew, directors and whatever. Somehow, and I can't even tell you how, we found uh, an actor, John Frankie, who um, was, all, was actually a Vietnam War veteran uh, and I think had flown helicopter missions, which is, of course, what the main character uh, did in the play. And of course the main character, even a little more information, the main character uh, in the play was um, based on an actual Vietnam uh, veteran as well that Peg knew very dearly and worked on his uh, memoir and then built the play. And of course then from there it's it's drama. So there, I'm, I'm done chatting. Okay, hello, how are you? <laughs> so yeah. both of us are, I'm in my basement, uh, Kara's in her living room. And uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about what she's been up to, uh, her connection to the theatrical world. Um, it's sort of just an interesting sidelight of all the, the, the COVID problems. Uh, there's been several uh, things out about, you know, I, I, it takes me a while to think about it, get my arms around it, the, the millions and millions of theatrical people who are not working. Right. New York, regional tours, uh, dinner theater, nothing. And, and then you then you drop down, to the semi-pro and you drop down even further to the um, community theater, university theater. And I just don't know when and if that's, when that's coming back. But um, GAM Theater uh, pushed off probably early, early, late spring, pushed off their season uh, maybe at this point, nothing new come from them to January. And uh, uh, Trinity was very bold at the beginning. Now, this was three months ago. We're going to do Christmas Carol. We're right. opening with Christmas Carol. Well, surprise, surprise, press release yesterday. It's going to be virtual. Yeah. 
So fill us in a little bit because again, uh, I think when you were in the show, which was a couple of years ago, you were involved with with uh, education, uh, not like as a teacher, but as a, an, a you know arts and theater person. Is that correct? Like before yes. this happened. So tell us a little bit of what you were doing then, and now obviously you've had to sort of adjust it to virtual. Sure, I think you know all of us have had to make some sort of uh, major adjustments to our uh, creative endeavors uh, as the pandemic hit. And just to reiterate what you said, you know there are millions of people who their not just their livelihood, but the thing that brings them joy has morphed into something that we never thought we would see. And so um, before I launch into what I've done, I just wanna say that I think it's so important that you're hosting this platform and that you're giving us creatives an opportunity to just share because this is what we have at the moment. This is our connection to each other when we have to be socially distant. So I, I so appreciate you know, the opportunity to be here. I, I will tell you though, you know, I listened to the, your other podcasts and you had such notables as you know, Bob Colonna and Kevin Broccoli and I think, oh my God, why would Jim wanna to talk to me? But, um, you oh, know, stop, I, oh, stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm humbled to be here. I thank you. Um, the 2000 Nichols project that I had been working on with Peg for years, even before you had come into that, it was just an idea on paper. And, um, she had asked for some, for, a, a writer and actor to look it over so that the conventions of theater and playwriting were taken into consideration, such as stage directions, how, how much, too much, too little. Um, and so, I, wow, I've known, I've known Peg for, it seems like forever, and she's just so wonderful and dear. And then the opportunity to watch it grow and to be a part of it and then be a cast member that could actually perform it. It's like I watched it from conception to completion and it, you know, having birthed this and it wasn't even mine, but I felt such a strong connection to it. And I think that's the beauty of theater is finding pieces that really speak to us and speak to what life is about that. That's what art is. It's, a representation of life. So, you know, performing uh, a Christmas carol virtually, that's what life is like in 2020, you know, and it's a time that we will never forget. I, um, I've been performing, this sounds so hokey, but I've been performing my whole life. And um, there was a time when I really lost some confidence in myself and in my ability and just kind of took a hiatus from theater, not from things creative, but I think I needed to um, find myself and get, get more in touch with the woman that God really intended me to be. And that 
dormant time led to a number of opportunities that fell in my lap, such as um, working with various VIP production agencies and um, managing um, merchandise and meet and greet opportunities for different productions, uh, different singers, comedians, performers, as well as some teaching opportunities. So, you know, there's so many aspects to theater. It's not just about getting up on a stage, memorizing our lines and performing. It encompasses so much more and it truly is a collaborative art. And that's what I love so much about it. So I've been teaching since about, well, I guess it's about a decade now. Um, and I started teaching for a private school. They asked me to come in and write some art curriculum. Um, for example, the kids in history were learning about, um, so the, the topic was China and in history they were learning about the dynasties and in English they were reading the good earth and in their theology class they were learning about Eastern religions. So what could I bring to the table about Asian and Chinese art and theater? And of course the first thing that comes to mind is, um, and again this was specifically China that they were studying. But the first thing that came to mind was, you know, Japanese kabuki theater and um, Chinese opera came to mind and the, the use of masks and um, stereotypic characters that we see throughout uh, theater history in almost every culture. So, you know, I had this wonderful opportunity to put something together for them. And, um, and then I was just invited to keep coming back to do different things like public speaking, you know, teach these kids how to feel comfortable just getting up and reading a report, which isn't theater, but it is. And these are the kind of things that, um, you know, you don't have to be quote unquote a theater person to learn good communication skills. And so that's what I felt like I was teaching. And yet for me, it's like, oh, I'm playing with a bunch of, you know, 12 year olds and I get paid to do this. And uh, someone had found out that I was doing this and she said to me, would you be interested in teaching adults? And I said, well, sure, that's just, you know, taller teenagers to me. And uh, so I started, um, I put in a proposal to teach a class down at URI for their Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, which um, caters to adult learners. So they're, instead of having the junior high kids that had to be in Miss Cara's class, I had a group of wonderful cultured adults who were jumping at the opportunity to discuss Moliere or Shakespeare and, um, and I, I found my niche. It's, it's been wonderful. So every semester, including summers, I teach some classes there. And um, gosh, I have taught, I have a, a specialty and an, aff, uh, an affection for Shakespeare. So I've taught a number of Shakespeare classes and I've 
then taken the class to go see a performance at Trinity. We make a field trip there and then we talk about not just the play and the words on the page, but we talk about how to stage things, why directors make the choices they do, why actors make the choices they do. Um, I feel like, you know, they should have never given me a BFA in theater arts. I feel like they should have just given me a, a certificate in psychology because <laughs> that's really what theater is. It's looking at that script, it's pulling it apart, and it's asking, why did this character do this? And, uh, and looking really at the, you know, the core of what makes us human. All our good qualities, all our foibles, that's what gets displayed on the, on the stage and screen and little boxes called Zoom. Well, let's so, get, let's get yeah. political. Let's get political for just oh. a moment. Um, everything you mentioned about what you did uh, when live, you know, what you're able to do and, you know, yeah. and continue to do until this, uh, reaching out and, and everything that was good about it. The first thing you said, of course, was uh, when you started at least private school. Yes. And so we're seeing now, and again, I'm putting, putting the COVID aside, all those problems will be solved, but I'll go back to before that and, and you know, uh, Rhode Island schools falling apart uh, building wise, you know, structurally, and the kids just not learning anything, getting anywhere. And we all know, especially now that the money, that the, it's going to be tighter, that uh, uh, theater, art, music is gone in right. public school. And I just, I, I don't know what, you know, I had it in my school when I was a kid and uh, it's just. Yeah, well, you know, you bring up such a, a, a valid point that, you know, in a society where we're currently struggling to figure out our educational system and even, like you said, even prior to COVID, but now even more so because it's morphed into distant learning, distance learning, um, hybrid education. I, so if there's an administrator or uh, education commissioner listening on this, on this uh, podcast, all I can say is art, music, literature, theater, all of these build life skills for children and adults. We can't navigate the waters of negotiation, of understanding human impulse. You know, every time I watch, and again, not to make this political, but every time I watch somebody communicating in the news, one can see just how important communication is. Whether or not that script has been written for them or it's just off the cuff. These are skills that help us every single day. Now I'm not saying throw out your math and science and you know STEM curriculum. It's all important. It's all important, but you know there is such a, a misunderstanding about the arts and how it really does help children, help students 
build a sense of self. It helps build autonomy, confidence, a broader worldview. I, I, I can't say enough about it. it. For me, it saved, it saved my life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the woman I am today if I didn't have the art and drama classes. I was a very shy, very shy young woman. And when I'm in a classroom or on the stage, suddenly all my inhibitions go away. And I am, as I said, it's like I'm the woman God intends me to be. I can express myself creatively. I, I think you, you um, know that I've launched an online catalog so that I can start teaching via Zoom, more dramatic literature classes, more art classes, because I feel like um, in this pandemic, it's so easy to isolate. You know, you said you've kind of hunkered down. So many of us have because we've had to, or we don't want to put other people at risk. And that's understandable. And I, I can um, appreciate and respect that, but it doesn't mean we have to um, lose our connection to the arts. You know, Trinity is, um, Kurt Columbus, the artistic director is doing some conversations with uh, notable people and uh, you know on a Facebook live kind of thing and you know the conversations are really about bringing in this sense of community with our theater and with our arts because we don't want to leave anyone out on the fringes you know this is what it's about and it's hard not to make it political most of theater was to make a political statement. You know, it's all about either politics or religion. If you study the history of theater. Um, so to, to divorce those things from uh, what we do and how we create this art form, we can't, we can't divorce ourselves from that. So I, I think now, it's important. You have, as you say, you have an on line catalog of so we'll talk about obviously we'll get the, the website and all that stuff and i'll have it printed on the uh, on the site as well uh but tell us a little bit now about not only like what you know give us a, a an overview of some what some of the classes are and how adjusted or non-adjusted they are uh from what you might have done live in a classroom or you know in a in a other kind of a setting well, you know, nothing takes the place of being live, whether that's in a performance or in front of a, of a class, because there, there is a palpable energy in the room either way. And given my choice, I would certainly like to be in front of people live um, or face to face, I guess is what I would call it. Um, but since that's not really feasible, this was sort of the next best thing to, um, to offer people to get in touch with their creativity. Um, I call this business art articulate and with the ART being the emphasis, um, and my tagline is finding your voice through creativity. So how do we articulate through our creativity? 
and um, you know, whether it's painting or playing or dancing or drama or music or mindfulness, um, each of us has an opportunity to find our voice through some creative expression. And I felt like I could offer classes and connections and creative activities for everyone, for adults, for children. Um, so my, my hope is that people will um, experiment with a range of media and art forms and inspiration through some of the classes that I'm teaching online. One of them is, you know, my, my first love is theater. So, um, and I, again, I'm a bit of a Shakespeare aficionado. So uh, I'm teaching, oh, that was like a punctuation mark, that little noise. I'm teaching a class called Chill with Will. It's an introduction to Shakespeare. It's a two-part class. And basically, I'll just familiarize the participants with the bard, um, give a brief biography, uh, some historical background. And then the topics of the second class, we'll talk about the love of language and um, looking at some of Shakespeare's work, including his sonnets, um, his idioms, the, the words that he coined. And, uh, I, you know, I know people are a little fearful of Shakespeare. And I always say, just leave behind your fear of early modern English and, you know, bring your spirit of adventure because I promise you, you will fall in love with this man and his works. And uh, my, my experience with Shakespeare, I, I, I hated Shakespeare. Always <laughs> hated Shakespeare. Hated it with a passion. I uh, could not understand it. Anything I ever saw, it made no sense to me. Why are these people talking like this? This makes no sense. So I love doing the, the play I Hate Hamlet, which I, I right. did a couple of years ago. Right. And it was, wow, it was so perfect for me. <laughs> until, until I went to work at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco in the late, in the early 80s. And I was on the technical thing, but of course I got free, you know, reign of seeing all the shows. And they did, yeah. Shakespeare was their, their main bailiwick. And I went, I remember went the first one, I think it was Much Ado. And I sat there and by the end of it, I said, I don't get it. I understood the whole thing because clearly one of the, one of the very important things that they did right from the beginning with the actors, if you don't know, if you don't know what you're saying, you can't communicate what you're saying. It's about intention. You know, if the, if the translation is in your head, but you're saying the words as written on the page, suddenly they come alive and they really are poetic and beautiful. And, you know, some of the, some of the insults, some of the, the sexual, uh, double entendre are just, you know, hysterical. And it's when you point these things out and show it, you know, on, on the page that, that then, People go, oh, I get it. Wow, he was a real jokester, you know, or he, wow, he really put that barb to, uh, to whoever. The, these are all um, playwrights who have really captured the human spirit. So, you know, if we were studying Macbeth, I might say, okay, how many people out there have had some ambition <laughs> to do anything to prove yourself to someone and, and why, what does that stem from? And when you don't reach that and you get frustrated, what do you do to make it happen? 
you know, so like that sets the stage, no pun intended, for the plot of, of Macbeth. Here I am saying the, the Scottish play. Um, yeah, a hex on me. I need to turn, around, turn three around, around three times or whatever Spit. it is. Yeah. Spit, yeah. You, you said you had BD or uh, like painting. What, what kind of a class or lecture would, would so, take? So, um, again, I believe that everybody is creative and that if, even if you've never held a paintbrush before in your life, um, you can create some beautiful art. And I will walk you through that. There is a, um, a, pay, a fall image. It's a very rustic, personalized fence with a berry wreath on it. Um, very fallish scene that we will create. Um, I also do a class called Finding Your Voice, which is just using your voice, getting sounds out in different ways. So whether it's onomatopoeia and we're just saying words like snap, crackle, pop, or doing tongue twisters or singing happy birthday, we'll, you know, we, we do that. Um, that's fun for, uh, for families, actually. I see a lot of uh, moms, dads, and kids trying to, trying to do that together. The other class that I'm really um, quite proud of is a, is a fitness class, believe it or not, called Ageless Grace. But it, um, it combines uh, mindfulness with music and movement. And it's really using our imagination to get our bodies to move in organic ways that we want to make sure that um, we're living the best quality life we can, you know? So it's simple, simple movement. And again, it's far more fun when the people are in front of you and there's just that energy in the room but I have to tell you, we have a ball every Tuesday at 1030, you know, just doing our thing. And it's like, bring your inner eight-year-old with you. I promise you, you will have fun. So now, uh, again, one of the, uh, you're probably familiar with Bill Harley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, there's, I did an interview with him on this. And, um, but prior to that, he was doing, and I think it just became a lot to do. Uh, for not a lot of uh, Scott Ole, uh, which I can understand. I mean, you know, it's tough. But he was doing a Tuesday and Thursday hour, 45-minute uh, uh, concert, uh, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Facebook concert. And I, he and I, not he personally, but him, his aura, and I go way back. My daughter, Emily, uh, when she was four or five years old, we would take the long trips, and his tapes were on the car in the car. And she would request them and she would sit there for eight hours and just, and I didn't mind, you know, it coming out, you know, it was always out of a little recorder that was back before CDs in the car and everything and Bluetooth. Yep. But, you know, and when I was on the, when I was, then I interviewed him and, and he was gracious enough to interview. And I said, when we got to the end, it was just an interview. He said, okay. I said, okay, well now you're going to have to perform for me. <laughs> and he said, okay. And he's thinking, and I go, no, 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 no. You got to do soap, 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 soap for my mom. And he, it stopped. His eyes went like this. He said, oh, geez, I, I don't know if, and he did it. He, he pulled, it, pulled it back up and dedicated it to Emily. And it was, it was great. But so he, you know, but so you're, you're doing things there regular as well as contract. 
you know, someone says, I'll do a class, you have it again, that'll be on up. I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't, on Facebook, you promote your site and I looked just on it and said, this is fun for this, for my podcast, it'd be a great thing to get out there. So I didn't really delve into everything about it. But are you feeling, is there a possibility or a hope or are you getting, now that we're still a lot of uh, schooling from home, that this might, I don't know if the, the uh, district would, a particular district might say, well, let's insert this. And of course, because the teachers would love it, fine. I just got to sit there and watch it, you know, because obviously I have to monitor it, make sure you're not doing anything wrong, but I don't have mm -hmm. to be there for 20 minutes or an hour. Are you getting any of that? Yeah, um, uh, no, but that's <laughs> well, that's simple that would, answer. No. That would be great. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, over the summer, a woman who is an educator who found out about my site through a mutual friend and decided to have her two kids and um, two other kids had signed on as well to do uh, family um, doodle and draw which again, it's another thing, it's bringing sort of, it is bringing an art curriculum into the classroom. And again, it doesn't have to be long. It's a half hour, 40 minutes with kids and it's them using their imagination. And I've got to tell you, I wish I had recorded this one particular class. And you know, as an educator, she saw the value in it. Um, the, the imagination and the, um, the level of risk taking that kids will take just amazes me. And I don't mean things that are dangerous, but like what, you know, let's draw that same picture, but use your non-dominant hand. Ah, let's draw the picture, but hold the paper upside down. You know, I mean like, so throw these things out to them and then suddenly they're like, okay, I'm up for that challenge where we as adults, I think go, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to, I, I, you know, First of all, most of the adults will say, oh, I can't draw a straight line. And I, and I say, oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Just try. And if you can't, there are no mistakes. You know, that's what I want to give per permission to people is just to play. You know, we're, we're often so hard on ourselves, even with, you know, fitness. Like, ageless grace is so gentle. There are no mistakes. You know, I spent far too many years, you know, seeking, I don't know what kind of body, but it wasn't a, a one that was easily attainable. <laughs> so, you know, why not just have fun? Why not just put on music that you enjoy and just dance and move your body in a way that feels good? Why not move that pen across the page in a way that just feels playful? And then we can call it art. Uh, uh, Cara, this has been wonderful, and I'm uh, only before they throw me off the air because I am uh, uh, I'm on free Zoom. I don't know if you pay for your Zoom. <laughs> I do free Zoom. You know, no no attachment except only forty minutes, and then they and then they come across the screen and get mad at me. Uh, so let us make sure give all the pertinent information of how people can can uh, uh, cruise. Uh, a peruse your catalog of wonderful things you're doing now uh, that are, uh, I'm sure, no different than the wonderful things you do in person, but it's available now. You don't have to wait for the all clear. Exactly. So um, the, the website is articulate.com. 
coursestorm.com. So articulate, A-R-T-I-C-U-L-A-T dot coursestorm.com. And course storm is one word, correct? Yes, it is. C-O-U-R-S-E-S-T-O-R-M. Again, I want to thank you. I want to wish you good luck. I want to, I want to, I'm going to, we're going to, I should let the listeners know, but we're going to talk in private when this is over. So we're going to, I have a couple of family questions I want to ask and it's nobody's business, but mine. <laughs> so again, I want to thank you so much for joining us on another opening. Jim, the pleasure was mine. Thank you.